0: Welcome to Rock Content's Jam Session podcast series. In each episode, we sit down and talk with industry experts who share proven marketing strategies, best practices for content, tactical advice, and tales of SaaS and entrepreneurship, and so much more. Enjoy today's episode. So, hello, and welcome to another Jam Session webinar series. I'm Pedro Lopez, digital marketing specialist here at Rock Content. And your host for today's Gem Session. As you already know, the Gem Sessions is a series of live video interviews hosted by one of our rockers featuring an iconic figure from the marketing or sales world. And today, our guest aligns perfectly with our mission to deliver personalized experiences by SEO. Her experiences includes working with local businesses from all sizes, including multi-location businesses, franchises, small uh, to medium-sized businesses with one or two locations. Welcome, Amanda George.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about today.
0: Awesome. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your passions, how SEO showed up in your life? Tell us about the story.
1: Yeah, so um, like a lot of people, um, I did not go to school for marketing originally. Uh, I just was always very good at, I originally thought I was going to be an engineer, but I always liked psychology too. I had psychology credits while I was in high school, and I oh, took nice. psychology unnecessarily multiple times because I just loved it so much. So I wanted to find something. I also did a lot of art um, projects and I'm as creative as my sister. I don't have that much of that side of the brain as she does. But it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. So I wanted to find something that did all those things. And I ended up uh, changing majors, going to school for graphic design. But my first internship uh, ended up being in SEO copywriting. So I went went to school for something completely different at first, changed my mind, and then ended up somewhere else. But I feel like I'm exactly where I should be because I love doing SEO. It's so fun to me. Um, and I enjoyed the problem solving. I enjoyed the creative side of it. I love the analytical side of it, too.
0: Do you write as well? Because you uh, work with content SEO. So. Not
1: not much. I've thought about it. I've thought about actually re- writing a book about local SEO. Okay. <laughs> but I just don't have, I don't know. I, I just don't just don't have the desire to go that deep into, into the writing part of it right now. Awesome. Um, I've been learning about biz dev and ops and things like that from working in an agency. And those things have been really interesting because I like being very well-rounded. Um, so every place I've worked in my career, I've picked up different things, content, uh, technical, um, leading teams. So it's it's been a wild and fun ride being in in, in SEO.
0: Good. And now you're like a, spe- and a specialist of local SEO, right?
1: Yes. Uh,
0: how it's different. Can you like break it down for us how it's different yeah. from traditional SEO?
1: Yeah. So essentially the way i see local seo is it's traditional seo with the added complexity of geography being a major factor so it could be that you want to rank in a specific city because you provide services for that city it could be that you have a giant directory targeting every major city in the united states um both of those would need local seo it's just it would be different ways of thinking about local seo Um, And if you're a business that has like a storefront, a brick and mortar business, um, another element of local SEO would be a Google Business Profile. And local uh, SEOs are essentially the only ones that deal with Google Business Profile as a factor into their rankings because that's only for local businesses. Uh, So, yeah, like traditional SEO, but some additional caveats, essentially... Uh, where you want to rank becomes a much bigger factor than just what keywords you want to rank for. And it should be a big part of how you strategize and how you come up with ideas to help grow websites.
0: Perfect, perfect. Okay, so where to start? Like, I want to create a local SEO strategy. How to kick this off and how to measure results?
1: Yeah, so I would essentially say always start with localized content. Um, And well optimized content because I'm
0: sorry, could you explain what is to localize content?
1: Sure. So you want to create pages on your website that focus on your city, county, whatever geographical keyword modifier that you want to rank for. So I am looking for a plumber in Greenville, South Carolina. I would look up plumber Greenville, South Carolina. Um, And if you have a page that's dedicated to plumbing services in Greenville, South Carolina, where you talk about being a master plumber, you have a better chance at ranking than someone who doesn't mention the city at all in their content. So it's creating localized content and it's based on where you want to rank. So there can be pages that have, I don't know. There's like, hey, we have two locations. We're only worried about Houston and Atlanta. But then there's other websites where they're like, I want Houston, but I know that there's a lot of uh, search volume in these nearby neighborhoods and areas as well. So I need not just pages for Houston. I need pages for all of these small areas oh, as well. Okay. So it, it, yeah, and it varies a lot because it's based on your competition, what they're doing, like exactly. what's working for them, um, search volume, keyword difficulty, all those things come into play on, on a different level because it's that uh, local factor and sometimes even like a uh, local dialect or a local language comes into place you may call something different where you live where where the customer the customer lives and if you don't know what terms people use you may be optimizing for the wrong search terms altogether so there's so there's a lot of different factors that come into play um the in local seo that aren't always a a factor for traditional seo but i would still start with content i think content is one of the biggest parts of um creating a website that ranks really well for okay. local SEO um, because it impacts both your organic rankings and just regular search results, but also your ability to show up and the local math pack too, that can mm-hmm. often show up on top of those search results and give you like a list of three businesses and some of their key information in a map, that stuff. Mm-hmm. The ability there is uh, dependent on quality content too. Oh
0: um, yes.
1: Yeah, so content I would say is the most important thing. Um, if you are a local business where you do want to show up in a specific area and you have an address that you can use, a Google business profile would be the next most important thing, in my opinion. Um, one allows you to get Google reviews for your business. So great for building a reputation.
0: Um, do you think it's them nice to ask for reviews, like internally or in a campaign? Because it's so fundamental to have nice reviews uh, yeah. nowadays. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like in, it's, you can't do that as a local business without having the Google business profile, unless you're like, say, like, hey, I'm going to make a Yelp profile or I'm going to make oh, okay. a... Yeah, you can make profiles on other platforms, but they're not going to benefit you as much as having that Google business profile up. Nice. Um, yeah.
0: What about uh, guest posts, link building, creating kind of a, I don't know, maybe a support community? Is that that yeah,
1: point? those are all important too. link building is going to be a factor Um, the importance of link building as a factor will depend on your competition. Um, Because with local SEO, we're not trying to compete with everyone in the entire country writing about the same content. We're just trying to compete with the people near us. Um, So uh, there's no point in trying to compete with a, a Wikipedia definition of something like a Wikipedia link. Um, or something like that, Just focus on who your local competitors are that can essentially get those plumber near me, uh, doctor near me, attorney near me keywords. If they can rank for those keywords, those are the key, those are the competitors you should be looking at um, most closely um, because those are the ones that uh, are more readily and directly able to impact your bottom line. Um, sites like TripAdvisor, sites like uh, Um, that do like aggregates or directories, they can um, show up in organic as well, but they can't really show up in Google Maps. So they have a limitation, but your competitors who are truly local, um, they don't have that limitation, they can show up in both. Um, So it's it's a good idea to prepare for both, but by going after links that uh, put you ahead of your actual like real true local competitors, is very helpful because if you can beat the guys that are directly in front of you and closest to you, you have a better chance.
0: Events, right? Like, yeah. Uh, because we think that event is such a short moment mm-hmm. that people don't, don't do not think that SEO would be a nice thing for for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it will be interesting to mention that one of our viewers is from um, what's the name of that friend? Oh, Jesus. Red Bull, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Red Bull, okay, yeah. Uh, before, uh, me and my, my uh, business partner was discussing kind of about how it's SEO to Red Bull is now important because of the events. So yeah. let's take a time to think about this. It's so major, but still uh, yeah. one day of event, but you have an SEO or two oh, yeah. to blend.
1: Yeah, uh, one day of event, Um, essentially, like a lot, a lot of local SEOs are, very familiar with like citation building process, but I would almost see local events, almost like a citation building process for, and that provide you with a link to right? So you put all the information for your business, um, you post your local, local events and you link it back to your website. It's like essentially kind of like a citation and a backlink um, all in one. And there are, uh, I'm sure there are tools that will Essentially, send that information out to different platforms for you as well. So, that is a, a, a really good uh, tactic just to get more links because if people share that event to that link, uh, you're automatically getting more visibility. Um, that's also, if you're especially if you're a, a partner or sponsoring for something in the community oh. and you have a local event, um, every, everything that you're sponsoring and things like that, you should be asking them for a link. And in addition to when they share it, Uh, ask them if they'll link to their sponsor pages everywhere they share it too. And then that's another way that you're getting more links to your site by just partnering with your community and helping out your community at the same time. Awesome, that's so
0: clever. And speaking of clever, let's highlight the five most frequent mistakes that can impact local SEO strategies. So first one, what do you think?
1: I would say the thing that I see the most are content issues. Um, But I think the one that's the most, I would say like egregious, I get upset when I see it the most is duplicate content issues where it's either duplicate within your website, right? You have, you are a dog walker in um, Charlotte and you want to rank for all the nearby areas in Charlotte and you just copy and paste the same page over and over again and change the city. Um, that content does not provide any value truly to Google or the people who are searching, but it is the quickest and easiest and fastest way to get content up. Um, but in my opinion, um, I, I would rather get it right than do it quickly. Um, so uh, I've worked with a lot of clients, including franchises where they've done that in the past where they just made tons and tons and tons, hundreds <laughs> and hundreds to thousands of duplicate content. Oh videos. My God. And uh, we were working with individual franchises to create unique content. And that was the main, main point of our strategy working with them. And they all saw it left. It's not always like a death sentence. Like, so you can get away with it. Sometimes um, sometimes it works out for sites, uh, but it's not, it's not something that I would put the hope and future of my business in. Uh, I, I would definitely want to go the route of having unique, valuable content that makes sense for each location and is specific to each location and makes people want to interact with it. I think that's a much better strategy. That's the
0: like for everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just that like everyone, like almost everyone, like I spoke at MozCon this year and I talked about location landing pages. I've seen so many websites that have these issues and like local SEOs are I think consistent about what should be done is like the, no, you shouldn't have duplicate content. I think you'll hear that from the vast majority of local SEOs, but uh, that's a, that's a no, no, but for some reason, we're not getting the process in place or the, or uh, able to convince clients that they need to, to fix it because they just think about, Oh wow, that's a lot of content we need to produce. Yes. Um, so like I've been working on um, some ideas on, how to? I spoke at MozCon about how to get unique content for those pages, and of course, one of the things you can do is just hire uh, a nice large group of content copywriters and give them and how give them like give them a good like, <laughs> wealth of information about each location so that you can make it unique. That's like one of the ways to do it. Um, you can add a uh, third party data. Um, That would be data or statistics you find on other websites that are interesting and related. Like if you're a car accident lawyer, you may want to add statistics about um, the types of car accidents that are more common in the areas that you practice in or what type of vehicles are usually in the accidents, what time of day the accidents are more likely to happen. And so there's like all types of interesting information related to what is offered uh, that could be provided instead of just going with If you've been in a car accident and you need a lawyer (laughs) and you're in X-City, come in and call blah, blah, blah. These are the list of types of car accidents. That's uh, slowly becoming like a not a great way to do it because businesses are moving away from it and moving towards more uh, engaging and interactive ways to keep people like coming to their website and on the pages.
0: What do you think about incomplete businesses profiles? We've talked about it later, but let's deep dive into the the problematic, because it's such a simple thing, uh, but people doesn't acknowledge the power of a Google business. So talk about this a little bit more for us.
1: Yeah. Uh, businesses with complete business profiles are, are more likely to be seen and interacted with. Um, it's essentially giving It's your first, it's it's the front page of if you're a local business, and a lot of times it is the front page of your website for that customer because that is what Google wants to serve. Google wants to keep them on Google because the more things they search for, the more ads they get, and the more ads they can get in and eventually click on something, Google can charge uh, car charges for it. So, um, they're trying to keep people on Google. They're not. They're trying to serve ads. So, depending, they're only on your website for local SEO is a huge mistake to make if Google business profiles are available to you. I work with businesses that before that, um, they had like 1.9, 2.2, average ratings. Um, and they're like, we need help with local SEO, and it's like, no, your reputation comes first. Because even if you ranked number one and your competitors below you ranked uh, two or three have 4.5 or 4.8 rating, no one's going to call you because they're expecting a terrible experience.
0: How do you solve those kind of situations? Because it's not a matter of you can outsource this problem. It's on on them, you know? How do you transfer this?
1: There are a few ways I've done it in the the past. I actually had a project where I worked with a very big uh, energy company uh, who has multiple brands. And they were the ones that had uh, these locations with very low ratings. Um, And... Um, we got them all up to I think it was a 3.8, 3.9 on average for the existing ones that were 1. point something before, and they're likely still growing. I'm not no longer at that agency, but I imagine it's doing even better now. They may probably have made it to a 4.0. But essentially, what we did was getting was get better at asking for reviews when we're actually when the customer is actually in contact with another human being. So instead of sending like out emails or or text messages when they have for just randomly, we're like, these are the times where people are more likely, and these are the times in the customer journey where they're more likely to be happy with us or they're more likely to have a good experience with us, where they're more likely to have um, engaged with a member of our team that can ask for a review. And those are the opportunities that we started pushing in their existing workflow. So we didn't create more work for anyone other than having to copy uh, some text and send it to someone like that they've been talking to. Um, that's essentially all of the extra work that was done into it from the client side. And they've seen a huge improvement from it. Um, I think we will try to make it a lot more complicated than, than than it needs to be. It's like if you ask your customers for reviews, um, we're not keeping anyone from leaving reviews. We're not only asking for positive reviews. Never review gating is just hey, these are the times people are more likely to be happy. We should 100% be asking yes, for, yes. for reviews during those those specific times in their customer journey. Perfect.
0: One uh, more frequent mistake that comes to your mind is?
1: One of them uh, is a lack of local content. So this is kind of what we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, one of the things that, that I find happens a lot is that there isn't localized content. Um, And it's not necessarily, Oh, we don't have location pages. Like we don't have service pages that mention any of these cities at all. Um, The only place where you can find where we're located is in the footer of the page or on the contact page. And that is also a mistake. Uh, Service and product pages for local businesses is uh, is as equally important as their location pages. So um, those service pages need to be localized as well. Uh, And that means page title, that means your H1 tags. Um, don't be spammy, of course, but make sure that you're hitting those geographies that are important to you in your service pages. And if it uh, requires it, right? Like if you are trying to rank in Marietta, Georgia and Atlanta at the same time, you may want an Atlanta page focused on that specific service and a Marietta page focused on that specific service and just make sure you have unique content that's specific to each of those cities that makes it worth people finding them and going to not, not something that's just hey, it's the same content. We just switch out
0: the city name. What's the main reason people do duplicated content?
1: It's hard to say. Like, I think lack of knowledge of how much it can keep you from ranking. I think if more businesses realize how you're just doubling your efforts because you're going to have to go back and fix it anyway, they would just invest in, in just a, a good quality template where that they can reuse and do some of these things that make it much easier. Like, hey give us all the emails of your um, your store owners uh, or your general managers or or whoever we can get to. And we will send them a survey asking them things that's what's special about their store. If they do it, they get something out of it. Like it's it's mutually beneficial for them to help us provide this unique content. And it's not something that, the, uh, one of the things that I'm passionate about is not asking your clients to do the heavy lifting. Um, it's, uh, we should be providing everything they need to get the work done as quickly and as seamlessly as possible. If they're having to ask a lot of follow-up questions or anything like that, that means that we're failing some at some point in our processes. So awesome. I try to provide everything, um, provide them with what they need to be successful. So if they need a template of what a good location page looks like, I will bump up a template a lot of times for my clients to say, this is what we should be going for based on what this is a essentially – a like Frankenstein version of the good things that your competitors are doing and best practices. This is what we think your location page would be most
0: successful
1: as, or having
0: these elements. And that's how you educate them. Like at the end of the day, uh, it's your way to prove, oh, this is what you get by doing the right work. And this is what you get wrong. So yeah, yeah, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Absolutely. Last frequent mistake that comes to mind is the lack of links, backlinks and yes. internal links.
1: Yes. I think backlinks, I think a lot of smaller businesses uh struggle with that. Um just because like they're they haven't really done any press releases recently. They don't really have much of a reason to. Um, they might have a blog, um, but it may not be recent and it may not be meant for SEO. It may just be just random things that they want to write about. So there's like, they don't typically have a lot of links. And if they do know anything about backlinks, they likely have some very sketchy backlinks from trying to hire someone unreliable on Fiverr or someone um, that that isn't trustworthy for that service. Um, who's just like thinking about the number of links and the domain authority, not if it's relevant to the site or not. Um, so what we actually have done um, at my agency, uh, we've created a link benchmarking tool so that we can uh, identify competitor backlinks um, and your backlinks and then also categorize them by their type. So oh, like, OK, cool. this is a citation. Uh, this is like an actual local link from a local website. Uh, This is a niche link or a topical topically relevant link. And this is what essentially on average, what your competitors backlink profile looks like. And this is what yours look like. So like getting a, a little bit more granular and figuring out like, okay, what are our competitors really doing with their backlinks? Are they actively going after backlinks? If they are, what type of backlinks are they actively going after? Because that gives us an idea of what may be uh, successful for us as well. So backlinks is something that we uh, focus on a lot. Um, and we do our best to, to use strategies that are um, focused on being locally and topically relevant um, over anything else. And with internal links, it's just not taking the opportunities with blog posts and content within the website to really build those good topical clusters that link together in their content. Um, because if you have a bunch of blogs about uh, clogged toilets and you have a page about your clogged toilet services, there should be an internal linking strategy for those pages. But oftentimes I don't see that there is a
0: is one or it's inconsistent. Awesome. Uh, I see it is actually a pretty efficient way to obtain positive results by doing uh, this you've just mentioned. Uh, Going towards this positive way of the conversation, how else can we obtain great results with local SEO?
1: Yeah. Um, so one of the key things, especially for your Google business profile, is making sure you choose the correct business primary category. So there's going to be lots of primary categories you can say your business is associated with. But in okay. uh, most times, what's most successful is someone that's more specific. So if you are a addiction treatment center, you want to use the addiction treatment center, not medical clinic. Okay. Um, um, primary category. So you just want to make sure that you use the one that is most relevant to what you do and what you want to focus on too. Because there's sometimes where you, you may be an HVAC and plumbing and electrician one company. Um, which one are you trying to grow your business in the most? Right. What are you? What do you want to be known for? If that's someone that you should use as your primary category. So there's some. Sometimes there are businesses that kind of have a lot of different things going on. And choosing the best primary category can be difficult, but I would lean towards what is the thing that I want to grow on the most because it does impact which keywords you can show up for
0: in search results. Perfect. Okay. Uh, what do you think about creating a clear kind of strategy based on services and the area service region?
1: Yeah, um, that is one of the, the best things you can do for your website for a local SEO is to have a clear strategy of, one, what content needs to be built be built for, uh, for local SEO and what content needs to be built for our actual services and what we want to provide people. Those things are going to overlap some, but based on your service area and based on what your competitors are doing, you may need more content or less content. It's just figuring out that content strategy and what's going to make you the most successful um, based on what you see your competitors in those service areas actually doing and winning with.
0: Perfect. And I would add, uh, as a content specialist, that it's not about the amount of content that you put out there. It's actually about the frequency. And uh, by frequency, I could add uh, relevance as well. You don't want to be found once or another. Uh, I want to do I want to be there, ranked, indexed. And to achieve that, we need uh, we need to deliver frequency or else there's no way to reach uh, yeah. such things.
1: Yeah, that is very true. Um, and I've, a lot of our clients uh, use blogs for that. So they use the blogs um, to, to maintain that frequency. If they're like, these are set services. Uh, we don't know if there's much we need to change about those. These service pages we will focus on uh, your service area. So cities nearby that you may not have content for that you want to focus on or your blog. So updating existing blog content and writing new blog content based on your opportunities um based on like things like a uh, um like a uh, we do a lot of um striking distance analysis to determine like hey what content do you need or what oh, content
0: nice. is extremely successful for our local competitors uh literally listening to what they want to and mm-hmm. translating it into actual behavior this is nice yeah how about benchmarking for yeah. links reviews photos because it's actually a an easier way to create this frequency because you kind of partner up with someone with another rhythm, I don't know, maybe a more frequent uh, boasting routine and you can benefit yourself from this. Can you break it down for us, please?
1: Yeah. So benchmarking is essentially determining what your com- like, where are your competitors now and based on uh, what they've been doing, what is your trajectory? So we're essentially trying to figure out like how often are our competitors building links? How often are they building citations? How often are they getting new reviews or adding photos? Um, and one them, that's a really good way to know if they actually have an SEO working on their account <laughs> because of those things are, if you see some like lots of upward momentum, all of a sudden that's a good sign that that person is about to be an up-and-coming real competitor because they're spending the money to get the SEO work done and, and achieve the results that they're trying to find. So if they're working with a good SEO agency and you all of a sudden see see some changes, that's likely it well, this is likely because they've started working with SEO. Um, and it also tells you what you should be shooting for. So like if if we do we look at your reviews and we see that your competitors are gaining on average, new reviews per week, um, then we should try to get more than that, right? So even if we're catching up, if they're only getting 10.5 a week and we go for 15, 20 a week, we're going to catch up with them because we're growing at a uh, much uh, faster rate than they are. The same thing happens for photos, for links, for citations as well. Um, Of course, with links, don't get too crazy because that can also (laughs) hurt you. Uh, But... um, but yeah, uh, that knowing the trajectory of your competitors can help you determine how you can get ahead of them because it's, it's just, it's, it's a race essentially at that point. Um, and if you're doing the content part right as well, it makes you, it
0: makes you very hard to keep up with. Yeah. And it's interesting too, everything we've mentioned so far, I've read something that, uh, Google is actually taking out the third-party cookies in 2024, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And all of this is going basically to be mandatory for every business, right? Like this kind of SEO practice, regardless if it's local or the traditional one. But this is going to be mandatory or else you're not going to be there communicating with your audience.
1: Yeah, um, like, yeah, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the things that I like consider local SEO are just technical and content (laughs) SEO. It's just like, eh. there's also the fact that they need to rank in like uh, Atlanta. Like, it's just an adding, a little slightly, uh, slight complexity added to it. But it's still, at the end of the day, it's still the same, same elements of SEO. Yes.
0: All right. Uh, Fixing technical issues. There's a lot. It's interesting because those are the easiest issues to find. If you put on your website in any uh, SEO analyzer, you'll have there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For a potential future client of ours, I was doing like an audit yesterday and I found so many technical issues. It was alarming, um, like disallowing CSS and JS files and okay. images, um, duplicate H one tags across 300 plus pages, oh. like things oh. that you would think would be impossible really to find with so many tools that will point these things out to you, tell you the exact pages and exactly oh why it's an issue and how to fix it. Like there's, I think like one of the best ones is likely sitebolt because it like, it's like, if you're not a technical SEL, it will help you catch up and understand these issues a lot faster uh, because they give an explanation to why they're an issue um, and some of the best solutions for fixing them. And I see a lot of local SEOs or content SEOs or people who aren't, don't consider themselves a t- technical SEO, afraid of technical SEO issues because they're afraid of breaking the client's website or causing an issue with rankings because they're unfamiliar with technical SEO and um, my previous agency that I worked for was a technical SEO agency. So I went from primarily being content and local and strategy driven to learning technical SEO, oh. some things about technical SEO and that helped me a lot. Um, I actually have a uh, Moscon article out about speed for local SEO. Um, it's a franchise, multiple locations across the country. The only thing we did was improve their core web vital scores. And we saw like a huge, imp- I think it was like a 50% something oh, wow. increase in revenue the next year. And that wow. was the only change we made. So it's like that's still SEO. Um, and it's still important for local businesses. And just giving their users a better experience was enough to essentially outdo what we may have been able to do yes. with if we touch everything but technical. Um, and why do you think people
0: neglect this so much? Uh, because it, I think people uh, think it's kind of simple. It's mm-hmm. not that relevant. What's your opinion about this?
1: Yeah, I think people underestimate
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: the value of fixing those issues because they're like, oh, it's not like a huge ranking factor. But like, you're, you're making a website at the end of the day, not for Google, for users. And if they're having a bad experience on your website, that also matters. And, and the other extreme is, I'm afraid of breaking something on this client's website and they're going to fire me because I broke something on their website. <laughs> um, I think those are the two extremes like of that. Okay. Of that. Um, and it's I interesting think- interesting
0: people consider uh, that yeah. type of uh, situation in order to choose do, were not to do such a yeah. uh, job.
1: Yeah. Um, but I, those are the things that I see happen the most often. It's like, okay. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm scared of what's going to happen if I touch this or like, uh, this is not that important. Um, and and I think both of it is still from the fear of making a mistake, right? Because that's essentially, essentially the fear of every SEO is, that SEO is that I made a recommendation and for some reason our rankings dropped instead of improved and our traffic dropped and they got less they had fewer leads. That is all of our fear. And I think technical SEO is maybe in some ways people are more are more afraid that that it will create that a more of a reality of that fear because it is the actual physical website that you're touching yeah. not a Google That's business cool. profile or just the content of a page, it's the entire website itself. But it definitely is valuable. Um, I especially uh, plead for local SEOs to get familiar with canonicalization, indexability, um, ruffling, and um, what is the other one? Uh, Tell us
0: the benefits about this synergy because it's really important to have this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, Essentially, my anyone can disagree with me, I'm fine with it, but essentially what I consider technical SEO is anything that affects the actual performance of the website or impacts the ability for people to see or search engines or crawlers to see the website and, and render and crawl the website. So it's, it's essentially the experience provided, okay. not from the marketing side, but the technical side of going to your website. If someone's going to have a bad time on your website, they're not going to come back, and they're definitely not going to call you and trust you to take care of whatever issue they're going to your website to find out more information about. Um, it is essentially like having a storefront with a busted window and uh, uh, those like jail bars over yeah. <laughs> over the windows and everything. <laughs> if you're if you have a ton of technical issues, that is essentially what your website looks like. <laughs> it looks sketchy. It looks untrustworthy. Um, And the more savvy your customer type is, the more they are less likely to do business with you if they see that. And there are a lot of people like, like I, like I won't, if I see something that I don't like on a website, I'm not going to do business with that company. If it doesn't, the website doesn't work properly for me. I'm not going to spend extra time trying to figure it out when I can just find a competitor like I should press the back button and find someone who hasn't figured out already. I'm not gonna make extra work for myself because there's an issue with the website. Um, and I think that's the, that's the problem with uh, discounting technical SEO issues too much because like it's, if you're getting the traffic to the site and people can't use the site once they're there, there what, what's the point of that? You're going to lose your, your placement um, due to it. So it's better to take
0: those issues um, seriously. Our less efficient practice is actually to optimize existing site content. Uh, Could you bring that and try to wire up with this? Yeah, because we want to solve the issues. We want to solve the technical uh, problems. So how can we optimize all this with these tips you're about to give us?
1: Yeah. So technical issues, um, if you can have a staging version of your site, in addition to your production version that makes it easy for you to test things and um without fear of breaking anything because it's a staging version of the website It's not your public facing version of your site uh, i think that's the easiest way to to fix those types of issues especially if it's uh related to speed um or site performance um trust your data that's another thing especially for navigation i've worked with clients that um they had a lot of pages in their navigation they weren't sure they were actually getting any benefit out of it. So we use the, uh, we use heat maps and tools to determine that, yeah, you're right. No one's clicking on these pages. Let's get them out (laughs) of the navigation and clean things up. So there's uh, canonicalization issues. Um, I think that's one of the, actually the the easiest ones to learn about. Like your pages should be self-referencing for the most part. If they're referencing another page, um, Google doesn't always obey the canonicalization. If you set it to another page, another URL, um, and I would not, uh, I would really consider what circumstances canonicalization is actually necessary if you're not self-referencing. Um, and that just means like saying Google, hey, this page, like this canonical URL is the true page URL I want you to consider for this page. Like this mm-hmm. may be showing something else, but this URL is the important one. Um, so that's what the canonicalization is, but Google doesn't always take uh, what they find there, so um, so that that one is like a little bit. That's where it can get dicey. So it's essentially why am I canonicalizing it if it's not going to this self referencing to that URL? Um, what is my goal, and if is it better to just retire this page or redirect it to another page, or 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 deindex the page altogether? Cool. Um, and then indexability. Uh, that one, uh, the best way to fix issues with indexability is one, do a good crawl of your website and look at all the pages that are marked as no index and determine if they really should be there or not. Um, also, take your robots uh, text file and also check your meta robots code for those pages as well and see what is actually there. Um, because sometimes you'll have a theme or a plugin or something if you're in a WordPress that adds extra things there that should not be there and it could cause an issue. So just be aware of what pages Google is actually able to crawl um, because sometimes uh, it's just that, hey, for some reason, everything under services is marked as disallow. So no one can find our service pages and no one knows it until someone with that experience checks on something like this. Um, and that is not something that you're going to really, the robust text file thing is not something you're going to really find in uh, in a tool It's this is typically just domain name slash um, And you can find good examples. There's lots of websites that will provide, provide you with good examples of what a good one will look like based on what CMS uh, you're using. And then uh, tying everything up, optimizing existing content. So um, optimizing existing content is like one of the best things you can do because it's cost effective, right? You're not writing... Completely new content, yes. um, you're using the content that already exists and making it better. Um, one of the ways to find opportunities is to use a, sh- a tool like uh, SIMrush or hrefs and look at keywords where you're ranked like 7 to 15 and see what you can do in your content to move that up. Um, if you have pages, you're looking at Google Search Console and your click through rate for these pages that are lower than average. Maybe you need to change the keywords in your page title and H1 tag. So there's things that you can do on existing pages. Answer isn't always. We need a ton of more content. Sometimes we need to um, nurture the pages that are already on the site.
0: Yeah. Uh, So where to start? Like people should do an analysis before start optimizing. or should they go for it? And let's optimize the entire stuff. How should they start?
1: Uh, Definitely do an analysis. One, determine... uh, what, what exactly do you want to rank for and what intent you want to rank for with content and making sure you're updating content that is related to that intent. So if I, I'm, if I say I need to rank for more um, keywords related to drain cleaning services, I have this drain cleaning services blog. Maybe I should add drain cleaning services near me keywords to it. Um, I would recommend creating uh, going to your actual drain cleaning service page and updating that. Instead for those types of keywords and your blog content should be content that's focused on long tail keywords or keywords that are associated with questions or people also ask questions.
0: Excellent. It's a pretty nice way, like on the budget to, to make the, to make it works. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So uh, now I have some space for Q and A, but before I want to thank Greg, actually our viewer for uh, praising Amanda and her expertise. Ooh, nice. And uh, he has Thank a you, question. Uh, I hope you have a recording I can watch Yeah, later. Uh, Greg, this is going to be available after this transmission. We'll be sending the link for you to watch it again. And it will be also available on Spotify in our podcast, uh, The Gem Session Experience. So you're good to go. Awesome. So our first question is from Eric. Hey, Amanda, uh, do you think large enterprises can benefit from local SEO as well? What's your suggestion to do so?
1: Thanks, yeah, Eric. that's a really good question, Eric. Um, I think part of it will depend on the definition of enterprise here. So if it is a multi-location business, definitely um if it's like an international business uh it may and that's what you mean by enterprise say it's just available in lots of different countries
0: like rock content yeah uh, yeah brazil mexico uh united states canada
1: yeah yeah you may want a different strategy um and and it's going to depend on the intent of the website too so like if you're talking about like energy companies if you're talking about um, home senior care agencies if you're talking about IT consulting services like professional services or service-based companies it will likely benefit you significantly um or any businesses that deal with professional services it'll it'll help you significantly um if you if it's not a major factor to how you do business if you're like Global or national, having like a strategy like I'm talking about probably won't be that helpful. You may want, uh, I mean, you should definitely look into if you if you aren't already, if you're an international company, look into adding uh, translations, variations of your website for different languages. And that, and it has some overlap for local SEO, but uh, it's not necessarily the the best strategy if you're just talking about a huge company that just wants to be visible everywhere.
0: Cool, nice. All right, so Anthony asks Hello, Amanda. If you have uh, businesses with two cities within the same state, the same region, other than creating local pages, how should I optimize the main? website shared pages city metro state.
1: yeah would, you're right like the location pages is a good idea on top of that i would make sure you had good quality like pages that focus on whatever the service or product is so i think that's going to be a key factor too just because there's a limit to what your location page can do um, because it's one page trying to cover the local aspect and it's also trying to cover a general overview of your products and services. So you want to be able to go over each, um, each in more detail, essentially, so you can get a rank for a wider variation of keywords related to that topic. So um, I think the focusing on the, the product and serv- or service pages for that business would also be a good idea. And if you have nearby cities that you want to rank for and you can create good quality content for um, those nearby cities, creating service area pages could be valuable too. So like um, if you're in Atlanta and you also serve Decatur, you may want to have a Decatur page, especially if you have lots of competitors that have Decatur Decatur pages and have good quality content there. Um, Blogs are also a great way to build internal linking opportunities to those location pages and those
0: service or product pages as well. Awesome! Wow, Anthony, you got a consultation. Okay, <laughs> with that answer, awesome. Now from Atlantic Payrolls Partners, uh, what is a great average uh, CTR when using Google Search Console?
1: That is going to be hard to answer because there's a lot of factors that come into play there. <laughs> I'm not going to say the, the SEO answer. Instead, I'm going to give you something that's helpful. Um, what I would do is uh, take your average click-through rate for your top pages and set that as your benchmark. And pages that do not meet that level, those pages should be the ones that you, that you focus on, um, because those are the pages that have a click-through rate problem. Um, and then if you see that your click-through rate improves significantly significantly in the next three or six months, then you want to repeat that process and review again, and then up those, update those again based on which keywords you're seeing are getting higher clicks as well. You want that to be a factor because if you know every time you use the word, I don't know, puppy, instead of adult dog, that you get more clicks, you may want to use the word puppy more often in the title. So just be aware of what's happening with your keywords in a click-through rate level too.
0: Jackpot. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy as I've said like a gazillion times to you and I'll say it again. You are very passionate about how do you work with SEO and it's beautiful to be part of this. Thank you so much. Uh, Tell us where to find, to contact and to reach out to you.
1: So if you want to follow me on Twitter or DM me about any SEO questions, you can find me at Amanda T. Jordan. So you can find me there. Um, if you're like, you know what? We need help with our local SEO. Please, Amanda, please just tell me what's wrong. Um, you can email me at Amanda at Um, We provide free audits. So if you're like, oh, we definitely need to do something about this. Like I just don't know where to start. Um, I'd be happy just to take a look and send you over an audit of what I see going on.
0: Awesome, she's your girl. Thank you very much. Thank you people for watching wherever you are on demand live on podcast. Thank you again and see you next Jam Session. Thank you, thank you Amanda, bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Rock Content's Jam Session podcast series. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to receive our latest episodes.